0: Welcome to the Doctor Patient Forum, a no-holds-barred patient advocacy podcast discussing why millions of pain patients continue to suffer, but most importantly, who caused the suffering. Join us weekly as we discuss how you can help end the untreated pain crisis. Weekly and often daily, I get this question from a pain patient. Why did my doctor dismiss me? Why is my doctor forcing me down to 90 MME or 50 MME when I've been stable on higher doses for years? Why is my doctor all of a sudden making me choose between a benzo and an opioid? Why is my doctor dismissing me because I'm on a benzo when I've been on both of these for five years and have had no problem? Why in the world is a doctor dismissing me based on a urine screen that they say I failed that I know I didn't fail? I'm making you a mini podcast today to answer one aspect of why I think these things are happening. I hope you enjoy this mini podcast episode. A new article came out this past weekend. I think it was Saturday and it was a link to a new webinar, a new video put out by Bureau of Justice Assistance's BJA Comprehensive Opioid Stimulant and Substance Abuse Program. It's with the PDMP-TTAC, which stands for Prescription Drug Monitoring Program Training and Technical Assistance Center. The links have been broken since I saw it, and I've tried to share it a few times, and I haven't been able to share it, but I have still had access to it. So I decided to make a mini podcast so I can share this with you, because I don't know if you guys saw our four-part series on NARCS care and PDMP. Um, I highly recommend that you listen to those because this is something that I focus on a lot. I've, said for years that I think the only way that they were able to pull off what they've pulled off with litigation and going after doctors is through PDMP and prescription drug databases and different risk scores and analytics. And now there are quite a few experts interested in studying it, which I'm grateful for. And I just hope it gets more regulation. That's definitely one of our goals to have PDMP transparency, PDMP risk score regulation and transparency. So that's, that's for sure a long-term goal. I wanted to share this with you because There's two small quotes that I really want you to listen to. And then I'm going to comment a little bit after the quotes and explain to you why I think these are very important to understand.
1: Unsolicited reports. For those of you that don't know, unsolicited reports or push notifications are generated by the PDMP based on different criteria that they have in place and sent to the... Uh, doctor or pharmacy based on that criteria so that those folks could be aware that one of their patients may be engaged in in uh, doctor shopping or maybe at risk of overdose or just doing something, depending on the criteria, that needs to be brought to the medical professional's attention. And so, whenever the, the criteria is met, the PMP will send out uh, either. And when I did it, we put them in the mail, but uh, it's an electronic notification to the doctor to go generate the PDMP report or retrieve the report. Right now, there are 41 that are sending unsolicited reports to prescribers and dispensers. Seven are doing prescribers only, and nobody's doing dispensers only.
0: I want you to notice something. They said that unsolicited reports, which they explain what that was, are sent out to doctors or pharmacies to alert them when one of their patients may be engaged in doctor shopping or doing something depending on the criteria that needs to be brought to the attention of these healthcare workers, right? What didn't they say in this? They didn't say what those criteria are. They didn't talk about that. They didn't say how they are made, who makes them, and list what they are. There needs to be regulation, and transparency about what these criteria are in every state. You hear them, they go on to say that they send these out to, to, in 41 states to both um, prescribers and dispensers, dispensers being pharmacies. It's based on these criteria. We've had a podcast on, on red flags, and we went into detail about certain red flags well, I'm assuming that's what these criteria are, right? We, we've heard different states. Like I know Arkansas, some of the criteria would be even prescribing cough medicine with codeine in it or prescribing a pure formulation, meaning like oxycodone without the Tylenol in it because they say those are easier to abuse. Um, and then we come to the red flags that to me are the most problematic. Distance from patient to prescriber number of prescribers in a two year period. So distance of patient to prescribers, we saw those mileage listed in, I believe it was Narcs Cares Patent, where it was, I think 25 miles from patient to doctor in the city and 40 miles elsewhere. You know, back in the day, when there were pill mills in Florida, they say they had people like all piling in a van from different states and driving down there, getting their drugs and coming back and selling them to people, right? These really weren't over prescribing doctors. These were pill mills. These were drug dealers. Okay, that was what, 1999? Today, we have patients who regularly are dismissed or lose access to their provider for a variety of reasons, and they can't find another doctor. Many can't find another doctor in their state, let alone within their town, because they don't exist anymore. And the ones that exist, they don't take abandoned patients. They don't want to be flagged, right? Because then they're going to be flagged too. Immediately, that sets up pain patients who have been dismissed to be flagged again and again and again. And the other one is number of prescribers. Now, a common one is two or more prescribers in a two-year period. But that doesn't account for if you have multiple doctors in your one practice. They all have a different DEA number. So say a doctor's on vacation and another one's covering them, that's gonna be a second prescriber. Or God forbid you go to the hospital and when you're dismissed, they're like, hey, we wrote you five Vicodin, you can pick it up at the pharmacy here. That's another pharmacy and another prescriber. So the very things that they're flagging patients on to be so-called doctor shoppers that they think is so dangerous, are the very things that they're encouraging by what they're doing with taking out these providers. You know, this is a huge problem. We need to stop with these red flags. We need to stop with these ridiculous red flags because let's think about this to the end. PDMP company generates this unsolicited report. They contact the doctor on a Tuesday morning and they're like, hey doc, this patient's not doing well. You're prescribing to someone who seems to be doctor shopping. So likely or very likely that doctor's going to cut off that patient but also as Jen Oliva has stated many times what happens to the rest of those patients they see for the week they're probably going to be like "Mm, I don't want another one of these reports so I'm going to cut this person down cut this person down dismiss this person oh they failed a urine screen three months ago that's a reason to get rid of them because I need them off because I can't have these unsolicited reports anymore okay now listen to the next one, because it's really, really important.
1: Unsolicited reports are also available to the regulatory licensing boards and law enforcement in some states. If if the PDMP, based on their criteria, identify patients that are potentially engaged in, in doctor shopping or criminal behavior, potentially, they can send that out to law enforcement for further investigation. For the regulatory agencies, the PDMP will generate reports uh, if there is indicators that the licensee for that particular board may be engaged in inappropriate prescribing or dispensing. 24 states, 24 PDMPs are doing it to both, law enforcement and regulatory boards. 11 are doing it for the boards only, and four are doing it for law enforcement only.
0: And there it is. The PDMP itself can generate these unsolicited reports to both law enforcement, And regulatory agencies such as the state medical boards, if based on certain criteria, these doctors are prescribing to patients engaged in so called criminal activity or doctor shopping, or if they just think based on these criteria that it's inappropriate prescribing. So let's define inappropriate prescribing. Oh, wait, you can't? You can't define that? There's no actual definition. I mean, they tried, right, with CDC guidelines and 90 MME and 50 MME, and, you know, they're still doing it, right? Doctors are being flagged if they prescribe to a patient who gets an opioid and a benzo or a patient who's traveled a certain distance. So see, it's not just telling the doctor these patients based on these nonsense hitting criteria are doing something wrong so the doctor could dismiss the patient it's also flagging the doctor. So, so many of you message me and you're like, I don't understand. My doctor said I have to choose between a benzo and an opioid. It doesn't make any sense. The CDC guideline even softened this recommendation for the updated guidelines. Well, now it'll make sense because these doctors are being flagged based on these criteria. So Why would they prescribe to us? Why would they allow somebody to be over 90 MME or over 50 MME or on an opioid and a benzo? Why? Like, I I don't think I would if I were a doctor. But the doctors have become the scapegoat of, of all things bad because now they're getting in trouble for abandoning patients, which they shouldn't be abandoning patients. I'm not saying they should. But they're also getting in trouble for prescribing. There's a real problem here. These doctors aren't just losing their licenses, they're going to prison. And I know people are saying, oh, well, they have to do something egregious to go to prison. But I don't agree with that necessarily, because you just heard this could get sent to law enforcement based on certain criteria showing the patient is drug seeking. And we all know those criteria, number one, are private. They don't tell you what they are. And number two, don't really say a whole lot. So they're gonna take these doctors out or the doctors are gonna dismiss these patients, putting these patients at higher risk of overdose, putting all of the patients that that doctor has that now lost a provider at risk of overdose, And there's that other part that, and I'm not encouraging diversion, but I'm just saying there's that other part to it that people don't love to talk about, that if you're removing medication that was being diverted, that was a safe supply that now you're taking off. So say a patient was selling some of their medication to pay for the rest of their medication. Their customers, their people that they've sold that to that have become dependent on this because they can't get it from their own doctor are going to lose that and we all know how toxic the supply is right now. So I will put in the show notes episodes that I spoke about the drug seeking episode, the red flag episode, our four-part PDMP, Narc's care episode. I will put in the show notes the link to this webinar, along with all the other webinars from this organization. I don't know when they will fix it. Hopefully they will fix it soon. So you can watch all their other webinars in case you decide you want to torture yourself as much as I do by putting yourself through listening to this stuff that is enraging. That's my little short mini podcast for the day. So you can hear exactly why doctors won't prescribe to you why they're dismissing you, and why your doctor is getting in trouble. One thing I forgot to mention, with the updated guidelines in November of 2022, as we all know, they removed dose and duration thresholds, which is the MME limits of of 90 and even some 50. And then they removed the duration of three to five days for, I guess, acute pain issues. So media was celebrating or Saying that patients should celebrate and then you had doctors being told, Oh, they could prescribe now, it's so much easier. I was glad for the update, but I mean I didn't think it went far enough, but I was glad for the update. But even more than that, I was glad when they started removing these thresholds from these risk scores and the PDMP and all the state laws. Wait, they didn't? They they didn't do that? They didn't remove them? You mean the PDMP flags and criteria haven't been updated? Well, what about the risk scores on doctors and patients like um, Office of Inspector General or Narc's Care with Bamboo Health? They must have updated it, right? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, we wouldn't know, right? Because it's black box, but I don't think they have. Well, surely the state laws have been removed since CDC is now saying, whoops, you know, we kind of messed up. We shouldn't have done that. It hurt people. So we're removing it. Wait, that's not happening either? Oh, Oh, it all makes sense to me now why the updated CDC guidelines didn't really do a whole lot to help anyone. Okay, now I get it. Thank you for listening. We will be publishing another short episode with Claudia and me talking about what is in the future for the doctor patient forum. Thank you once again for listening to our podcast. If you're enjoying our podcast, please follow us on Spotify, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and share with anyone that you think might benefit from this information. If you have any comments that you would like to leave us about this episode, as always, please reach out to us at Bev at the doctorpatientforum.com or claudia at the DoctorPatientForum.com. We look forward to bringing you the next episode of the Dr. Patient Forum podcast. Just a quick disclaimer that what you hear in our podcast is not to be considered medical or legal advice. We will always provide links in the show notes to give evidence for what we are saying.